Hi, welcome to Sync, a show where we discuss music and film and television. I hope everyone's doing well. Um, we are back again raising money, so if you would like to send any money along, that would be wonderful. This is Juno. If you've never seen Juno, it's, uh, first of all, like please do that. It will be a form of self-care. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, very much up there. They change a lot, but Juno has been consistent since like 2010 when I first saw it. So like, that's how you know. Um, the music in Juno, I listened through, like I listened through all of high school to that soundtrack. Like there is a playlist on um, Spotify called the Juno soundtrack, Minus Vampire by Anthony Pants, which like, I don't know why I never like vibed with that song, but I never did. Um, so I just, it's not even my playlist. It has 262 followers which I think is interesting that that many people are interested in a playlist. Hello, hello, I love you, hi. Um, I don't know, I just think it's interesting that there are that many people interested in a playlist that does not include that one song. But anyway, that's it. That's another, this is a story for another time. But yeah, no, I really, I love this movie so much. And I think the soundtrack to this movie hits a very nice, like it, it strikes, it's, it strikes a nice chord between sort of like whimsical fantasy teenage type of thing and like a form of tenderness that I don't really think was shown in the way that Juno shows it like in a very long time. I think there are very, and still very few movies that sort of show that very tender aspect of teenagehood. Like a lot of movies, specifically movies, but even shows about like being in high school and growing up and being a teenager are very like, how do I say this? They show a lot of the harsh or a lot of the, like, pain that comes with being a teenager in a very harsh light. It's like, this is hurtful, this is painful, this is, like, difficult, like, I hate it. And then Juno takes that and is very tender about it. And I think another, like, movie that does that really well is Lady Bird. Like, it's a very tender, very soft, like, kind of coming-of-age moment. Um, the Way Way Back, another great movie that I love, also does that. Um, really good soundtracks, actually, to all of those movies, so yay. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, I really appreciate how the soundtrack does, like, it, it drives the tenderness of that movie. And again, I feel like I'm going to say this every show, that, like, the soundtrack drives specific parts of the film, but that's, like, literally the point in my eyes of a good soundtrack. Like, if it, if it, if it doesn't contribute to the overall, not, like, vibe, but even, like, the, um, the world that's been created and the like tone of the world that's been created like what's the point that's my that's my that's that's i guess the thesis statement of the show so yeah um the first thing i want to talk about as i like to do with every show uh, is the different music supervisors so uh peter afterman and margaret yen were the music supervisors for this show or for this movie wow um and uh yeah there's actually a lot of wonderful wonderful people who are on this show, or on this, <laughs> wow, I'm sorry, I default to show because that's, like, all I watch, so when I talk about movies, I'm like, what, I'm not a film student, I don't know what that is, anyway, um, that's a joke, but, uh, those are the wonderful music supervisors, and there are, like, quite a few non, um, original songs for this soundtrack, but if you look at the soundtrack, a lot of it is songs by Kimya Dawson, who, I actually don't know how popular Kimya Dawson was before, this movie, but, like, if you go to her little, like, Spotify artist profile thing, like, most of her top songs, act yeah, three of her five top songs, like, the top, top songs 
are from the Juno soundtrack. So they're very short. They're kind of used as little... Um, they're not used as much in, I guess, the film as they are, like, with most songs, as they are, like, in their full release. But they have sort of, like, a a very background quality to them, which isn't a bad thing, but that means that they can be split up and used in sections and used as transitions and used in, like, very small um, segments, as well as being used over longer, more, I guess, uh, movement-friendly so like uh, a big theme in Juno is like Juno biking and so it goes like Juno biking I guess and that that's a season transition because it goes through the seasons that's the way that the plot goes and then also um like running there's like a running group that runs and like that also does a scene that is also a scene transition thing I don't know um if that makes any sense but there's a lot of movement in the movie as well as like stillness and I think that that I don't know, like, these songs are just so raw, like, I don't know how else to say it, like, Kimya Dawson is, it was almost like, she was like, please don't master these, you know what I mean? There's no, there's an allowance for off-tempo, there's an allowance for almost, like, harsh guitar notes, because when you first record something, like, it's not smooth, like, the guitar will, like, twang in specific ways, or it will be off in its like general how do I say this like it's general it's it's volume's never going to be exactly perfect like it's never going to be smooth but it was almost like she was like or or I guess the music editors and the music human beings sound editors were like no no we're just going to keep them as is because they are very 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 raw and Juno plays guitar and that's like another no not Juno do they both play guitar they both play guitar never mind yeah so they both play guitar um and so at the end they play guitar together and it's like a very cute that's how the movie closes and that kind of thing but it's a very like there's no I don't know there's no need to refine the music because the whole point of the movie is to be incredibly messy and that's okay like the whole film is about being like tender and careful and I guess allowing yourself to be emotional through all of this messy business. Like, Juno is one of the harshest, like, um, most abrasive people, like, to almost the embarrassment of her parents or her, like, mom or her dad and stepmom. Yes, you have um, Juno and Bleeker at the end, like, playing guitar. And, like, again, very messy process. Juno's pregnant. Juno, again, spoilers, but also the movie's 13 years old, so, like, go watch it, but also, whatever. Um, Sorry, I guess. But... No, so Juno and Bleeker have this, like, whole journey together. Like, they weren't dating. They were, like, had, like, basically a one-time thing. Juno gets pregnant. Like, it's messy. Juno can't keep the baby. Juno has to find parents for the adoptive parents. And then the adoptive parents, like, have a messy relationship and end up getting divorced. But then Juno and Bleeker, like, fall back in love. And it's very cute. But it's very, 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 very messy. Very abrasive. Very, like, it's almost like... The adults of Juno's life try and sugarcoat a lot of it as to not, like, make her upset, especially the adoptive parents, which are, um, they are, um, what is her name? My sister hates this actress, and I have no idea why. Anyway, anyway, that's irrelevant. But, like, um, it's Jason Bateman and an actress whose name I freaking can't remember at this moment for no reason, and I don't know why. 
Um, but anyway, anyway, I, I digress. But, like, they try and sugarcoat a lot of it, and there's a lot of, like, um, sort of fake nonsense occurring, and yet the movie takes such pride in its little moments, and I talk about this a lot with movies. I coined this term universally personal because I word vomited it at Raphael Bob Waxberg's Raphael Bob Waxberg's book reading and signing event during a Q&A. Wow, I'm sorry, that was like a whole tongue twister. Um, but he had this Q&A and he had this thing and I was like, how do you write universally personal stories? And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, it's a great question. I have no idea. But it's like stories that have little moments that despite the plot, despite what's going on, like people can connect to them. Like I have never been, I was not pregnant when I was 16. I was not in love with this boy. Like I didn't, you know what I mean? That was not my story. But you know, affected me so much because you could see these sort of like moments of, I don't know what else to call them, but tenderness, like these sort of moments of like very human weakness and very human fear that are a lot more universal than, you know, the story of being 16 and pregnant. So this film does that really well. And I think that's why it's so resonant with people. Um, you know, film also does that really well. Lady Bird, that's why I wrote a 17 page paper on it. But now that I like revisit that, I think this film also does that really well. And the music is like such a huge aspect of that, like such a huge aspect of that. And even the music that isn't by Kimya Dawson is very raw in its, um, and like stripped down. Like it's a lot of like simple guitar. Uh, there's a cat power song in here. That's really pretty. It's called Sea of Love. Like, one of the rawest Velvet Underground songs, in my personal opinion, is in here, which is I'm Sticking With You. Um, Dearest by Buddy Holly, which is less, I guess, raw, but it's, like, it's Buddy Holly, and it's really calm and quiet and, like, um, pretty much all guitar. I think, if not all guitar. Um, I don't know. It's just... There's even a kink song that's, like, just guitar. And now that I'm thinking about it, and now that I'm revisiting it, it's so, like, bare bones stripped down in the way that the film is that it just, like, I don't really know how to talk about this soundtrack in the way I want to because it is so, like, simple and not in a bad way. Whenever I say simple, I never mean that in a bad way, by the way. I think I've done that before, but it never is in a bad way because the film itself is so messy and complicated that I think if you had a soundtrack that was very sonically complicated, it wouldn't allow you to see what was underneath the co- like the more life circumstantial complications of the film, which is the whole point of the film. Is like despite all this life complications and life circumstances, like there's so much under that that a lot of people don't think about and a lot of people don't explore. And I even think today, like films don't, a lot of films don't take the time and energy to explore the person behind the actions like you see people's character growth and you see how people evolve and how people make decisions but it's also kind of hard especially I don't know one of my pet peeves in film is when people make choices and you don't know why you don't have context for it you don't have any information but like you get such a real and complete and holistic um narrative on these characters like you don't I don't think there's a decision in Juno where you're like, why did she do that? Why did he do that? That doesn't make any sense. You get to see everything play out in almost a painfully slow way. Like, it is almost really hard to watch, like, 
watch it sometimes because you're like, why are you doing that? Like, I know why you're doing that, but why are you doing that? And you can, you're allowed to get frustrated at characters because you know why they're doing it and you don't like it. Anyway, I digress once again, but I think that the soundtrack to this film is so well curated that it allows for those really tender moments that a lot of times people that I've seen before, people keep quiet. Like, those are the moments where, like, silence can get put in because it draws... When there's silence anywhere in theater, in film, even on, like, one song, it's, like, a shock because it's, like, why is it quiet? Why is it quiet here? Like, there's supposed to be sound here. Why is it quiet? But Juno kind of flips that on his head and isn't... It's not a bad thing because they can explore more of the emotion that isn't said in those scenes through the music as opposed to just sort of leaving it in the ambiguity and I think that maybe this is a reach but I think that the whole point of why Bleeker and Juno work really well is because in the film they begin to understand each other beyond like the need to explain things to each other so instead of just having this ambiguous silence where when they're having these conversations whether they be really positive or really difficult like the music allows for the audience to kind of understand their unspoken understanding if that makes any like we get to clue into it in ways that maybe a silence wouldn't uh, portray like if not only do we get to clue into what they're thinking but i think it shows what they're thinking to each other as well again maybe this is a reach but i really like the idea because it doesn't it doesn't ask you to to guess like you you know and it I don't know I love this movie so much because it gives you this holistic perspective on all of these issues it doesn't leave speculation as to like basically anything and maybe that in some eyes and from people I've people have said this when I've like talked with them about the film like I don't like they're like I don't like how I'm kind of told everything from A to B but it's not, in my mind, it's not from A to B. It's from A to Z to F to Q to R to, to like, E to J to I. Like, it doesn't make any sense, and that's the point. Like, life without mess is unrealistic, right? So it allows you to have this unrealistic um, almost ending. Like, there's almost an unrealistic, unhappy ending for everybody simply because like or how do I say this so like the things that occur in the end aren't really happy like the 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 people get divorced like the setup isn't it shouldn't be happy like the again the the adoptive parents get divorced like Juno pretty much like gets attached to the child she has and then like gives it away like but yet it does end up pretty well because like, they get together. It's like everybody gets what they want. It's like, everybody gets what they want. Like, the the adoptive dad, like, divorces the adoptive mom and, like, moves away. And then, like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody kind of gets what they want, but out of a very shitty, bad situation. Excuse my language. I'm trying to be clean on this stream. No, but it's because, it, you know, you're looking at this situation. You're like, how can this turn out well? And everybody gets what they want. And... I don't know. I don't know if I'm a person that believes in closure. I don't know if I'm a person that believes in happy endings. It doesn't really 
track to me because life doesn't really just like end when you want it to like you don't get to like wrap everything up nicely and like because other people have emotions and that kind of thing etc anyway um but this film gives you that which is really nice like it's enough it's enough mess to be I'm sorry I'm talking a lot more about the film than I am about the soundtrack right now but like hand like I'll be I'll get there it's enough mess to be realistic and enough mess to be almost painful to watch um, in the ways that, again, kind of Ladybird does. Like, it's, it's hard to watch because it's like, this is either way too personal and way too real or you begin to care about these characters enough to not want them to have to go through this. And again, I think this is where the music kicks in because it's so tender and so, like, I don't know, the soundtrack to this just feels very piercing to me. And I think more of the... Kimya songs and then like I don't know there's a sort of innocence to the songs that's also very it's like simplistic innocence due to its rawness but anyway you have all the mess that's really painful it's really kind of hard to watch sometimes and you just want the best for these characters but then it ends up really nicely which I think is like why people like it as well because it gives you an ending that maybe you yourself will never get or you didn't get and that's okay and once again like maybe the situations themselves didn't really seem like something that could be made of a happy ending, but people end up kind of getting what they want, which is pretty cool. And again, rare and probably unrealistic, but yeah, I don't know. I love the soundtrack. And again, I think one of the reasons I don't know if I have that much to say about it is because it is so complete. Like it to me is like maybe half the film. Like I can't think of Juno without thinking of the soundtrack. Like, first off, it's like Ellen Page, uh, Michael Sarah, and the soundtrack. Like, that's it. Like, and, and maybe visuals are number four. Like, the soundtrack to Juno is so integral in, in its, like, purpose and in its drive. And yes, like, they play guitar. The adoptive husband plays the guitar. Like, or adoptive dad, or not the dad, not the adoptive dad, because he abandons that responsibility. But anyway, like, it's so integral to the way that the film is, is uh, presented to the audience that it's almost hard to talk about the soundtrack because it's like, oh yeah, it's just another part of the film. But no, it, it's very, it's so cohesive. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really a fan of how Kimya like has so many songs in here because if you listen to like Kimya Dawson at any point, any song ever, she's very 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 unique style of singing it is very it's kind of come into more popularity like today where it's sort of like very raw very real not really a need to fine-tune anything because like the beauty of the music is in its like almost live performance-esque recording like there's no need to like sit and like play with it in a studio why it's like the art as it is at face value which is really cool um but then you have her work combined with like buddy holly the kinks sonic youth bell and sebastian and it's just very it just works really well i don't know i don't know how else to say it <laughs> because like buddy holly absolutely iconic performer absolutely like but like i don't even know if I recognized it as a Buddy Holly song in the, like, it wasn't like I was like, oh, 
I'm watching Juno. Oh, look, it's Buddy Holly. And, like, with the Kinks, it was, like, oh, yeah, like, I know that's a Kinks song. But, like, I was watching the sequence it was set to. And the interesting part about this, in my opinion, in my personal opinion, is many of, like, the external... I don't know a good word for that, but the... the non-Kimya, not written for this... um, songs are set to not only sequences but to they're very literal like the kinks well-respected man is shown when we first really meet bleaker and he's like get it he like gets up in the morning and he puts on his socks like if you know the lyrics to the song they're very on like they're literally very like on the note like very i don't know um, he puts on his socks he puts his little breakfast burrito in the microwave he eats it and he goes running, you know, like that, that's his routine. And the song works really well. The editing in this film, like to the music is also phenomenal, which I think is another reason why the music to me is so integral to the film. Cause it's like, that's the way the film is cut. So it creates the rhythm and it creates the pacing of those scenes because the, the film is cut to, I don't know, you get the point, but yeah. And um, Sonic Youth is Superstar, which is a Carpenter song, which is, I love Carpenters. Like, I, we're not going to get into it. I love Carpenters. It's fine. But it's a Sonic Youth cover of a Carpenter song, and it's played in, um, when uh, Juno establishes this connection with the adopted dad, or adopted man, it's with Jason Bateman, and whose name I, like... Like, I, I don't know. Like, because it's, it's flip-flopped between Mr. and then his... Anyway. Anyway. Um, but they, he's, like... They, she develops this connection with him and is sort of, like, a lot more comfortable about, like, giving this baby to this couple because, like, their relationship isn't creepy, but it's definitely close. And I think the wife gets kind of scared. Why can't I remember her name? I'm honestly going to text my sister instead of looking it up. <laughs> Anyway, um, but it's so, I think the, like, the wife is very, like, kind of anxious about it because also she knows that, like, Jason Bateman's not prepared to, um, I guess, like, there's, there's a lot of tension in that marriage. So the song is played while, like, Juno and Jason Bateman are, like, looking through his guitars and looking through all of his music and it's, like, this very, like, nice scene, like, he kind of becomes somewhat of a father figure to her in a very different way than her actual father is. Um, and she, like, he's like, oh, let's, this is a great song, let me show you. And then, like, he's like, oh, I danced this at my senior prom. And then he's like, dance with me, which is, again, kind of creepy, kind of creepy. Little less creepy in the context of the film, but I think it's supposed to be kind of awkward. If you look up the lyrics to the song, it's very on the nose for that. And then they're, like, dancing together. Her name is Vanessa. Mark and Vanessa. Again, why can't I remember this? I don't know why. Anyway, but the, the husband's name is Mark and the mom's name is Vanessa. Or the, the wife slash adoptive mom's name is Vanessa. Why was that hard for me to remember? Anyway, um, so Mark, like, is, like, dancing with Juno and he's, like, I'm leaving Vanessa. And Juno is, like... So if you look up the lyrics to the song, it's this very, like, slow, tender cover of an already pretty slow, calm song. Except the Carpenter's version is a lot more major key. 
whereas Superstar, and especially since it's Sonic Youth, it has, like, that, the, like, guitar sort of, um, uh, what's the thing on the guitar that's, like, a, why, my brain is done today, I'm so sorry, I, like, drove a lot today, anyway, not in this excuse hour, um, the thing, the little, the little, on the guitar that you add, and it goes, like, you know what I mean, anyway, irrelevant but it like it has sonic youth very specific sonic like sonic elements that are very specific to sonic youth within the song so it makes it very unique and very special and like it's just very it's a very very cool scene it's one of my favorite scenes in the entire film and like i don't know again that's probably one of the more produced songs like produced sounding songs in the entire thing but it's also supposed to be a background song so again a lot of these songs are used for sequences a whammy bar thank you that's exactly what it is thank you that's exactly what i'm talking about bless we love to see it thank you so much i appreciate you um but yeah no a lot of these songs are used in movement sequences and or um I guess just general montages, um, but mostly movement sequences. So whether it be like a literal movement sequence where it's like them moving across town, like biking or running or driving, or if it's like following people throughout their day, or just like a very, I don't know. And per to me personally, I think there's a lot more, sometimes there's a lot more, um, insight and vulnerability and tenderness and like understanding to just watching somebody like live out their day than like trying to put dialogue in there or trying to put anything else in there and I think that that little tiny bit of score to just tell you or music but I guess you're scoring the scene with the music you're putting the uh, <laughs> anyway but it, it 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 gives you it clues you in into how that person is feeling and how that person is seeing the world so like um Tire Swing, Piazza Near Catcher, um, Expectations, Well-Respected Man, All I Want Is You, which is the opener scene, very, very good, um, So Nice, So Smart, All the Young Dudes, kind of, to some extent. These are all songs that are used in these type of movement sequences. That's literally, like, half the soundtrack. And I think some of these songs, I think, some of these songs are repeated in segments, which is cool, again, because it allows you to create motifs and create associations in your head. Less with characters, but more with, like, feelings and, um, which either, um, carry through or contrast. So, like, there's a song played where there's sort of, like, an awkward tension, and then it's a less awkward tension, so it shows, like, this development or growth, or it sort of, like, clues you into sort of similar thinking on a, like, different decision. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm very... I've never listened to Kimya Dawson with the exception of, like, two songs very offhandedly, like, outside of the Juno soundtrack, and I think that an ability to, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven songs, like, to create such a distinct sound to the soundtrack, like, if you've if you think of Juno, if you've seen Juno, want to put stuff in the chat, like, I want to know how you hear the song, like, hear the movie in your head, I guess, or, like, theoretically hear it. I don't, anyway. Um, but, like, I associate it with this very raw guitar, this very raw sort of, like, um, like, very consistent guitar beat with almost, like, kind of, 
I don't want to say um, off tune. Like, because they're not, they're not in tune and they're not out of tune. They're like almost in tune, not off key. They're, they're just like almost, they're like not very, very, very imperfect vocals. And again, just a testament to the way that this film carries itself, which is very, very, very much beauty and pain and imperfection. And the film is about being a teenager, 100%. Like, it follows Juno. And, like, I, as a teenager, was like, oh, you see me. You see me, Juno. Like, I love it. Um, But I 100% just didn't, like... It, it it creates this as I, as I get older I see the same imperfection in myself and in so many other people that Juno continues to perpetuate like 13 years later um I don't know I don't know how much longer I'm gonna keep this show going because I am so tired and I might pick this up like another day but little if you all have anything you want me to talk about regarding this or have any comments or questions or anything at all like, please let me know. I will, if you want, the, do you want the whole soundtrack or do you want the freaking, um, let me find it. Hold on. This, for some reason, is giving me blanks. Um, I'll put the soundtrack in. Really, really. Come on. Um, sorry, I just hit my mic. I'm so sorry. That was so loud. Um, I'll put the soundtrack in chat, um, but... Juno, I was at space camp. Yes, I did go to space camp. It's not a joke. There's not 40 songs on here. Don't lie. I hate it when people do this. Anyway, um, but, uh, I went to space camp and a lot of people were like, oh, like, what's your going to be your call sign, Emma? Because you have to have, like, nicknames, basically, um, when you go there because it just is, like, it's cute, whatever, um, I love Space Camp, I really should have, I really should have, uh, anyway, again, not Emma's Regret Hour, I'm so sorry, I'm so tired, we'll be done soon, um, but then I had this girl, Juliet, who I will never forget in my life, like, I will never forget this girl, we were, like, together for, like, one week in this group, and, like, she and I got very deep, so many people left, I love you guys, (laughs) anyway, um, we were together for one week and she turns around. Juno was my favorite movie at this point, but I like never, I didn't say that to anybody because I was like, oh, it's kind of weird, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not gonna like, nobody was asking. So like, why would I bring it up? Which is a habit I absolutely unlearned because now I talk about things all the time without being provoked. So I'm really sorry about that. But, um, and she looked at me and she was like, you remind me of Juno. And I was like, Juno? She was like, yeah, Juno from the movie Juno. And I lost it. I was so happy. I was like, I remind you of Juno from the movie Juno. Oh my god, thank you so much. So my call sign was Juno. And that has, like... There's a whole helicopter. I'm so sorry if you can hear that. But that's, like, become a huge part. Like, people... A lot of people have seen me as Juno. Like, that whole group of people saw me as Juno. Like, that was my name for the week. And, like, um, people have told me I remind them of Juno. And it's, like, I don't know if what came first. Like, the movie or Emma. So, anyway. I love you guys. Thank you so much for watching. I'm sorry it was a short show. Um, if you want to donate, you can. I don't know why it didn't send out a little thing. I'm really mad about that. Anyway, I love you guys. See you next week.